Hello and welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. So interact with us. We love seeing you live every Thursday night over on Facebook or on YouTube. The chats are awesome. Love seeing you there live. If you can't catch it live, catch the replays on Facebook and YouTube and, and follow along with the chats there or listen in your favorite podcasting app. You know me. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up for his introduction, Jason Richards. How's it going, Jason? It's good. How are you, John? Fantastic. Good to be here. I'm Jason Richards. I'm a past master of Vacation Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia. Glad to be here. Woo. Awesome. And uh, Joe's running a little late, as usual, so we'll wait for his arrival, but the show must go on. It's a good thing we have our special guest tonight, and that is Brother Stephen Knapp, who's the executive director of the Newberry Museum, which we'll learn about tonight, and also a member of the Biltmore Lodge number 446 in Asheville, North Carolina. Thank you for coming on, Brother Stephen. Yep. Great to be here, brothers. It's great to have you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, very, very cool. So um, before we get into that... Let's uh, give a special shout out to the Patreons who've been supporting the show for many years. You guys rock my socks. So head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable, chip in a few bucks, and uh, keep the show going for many, many years to come. So thank you very, very much. We do appreciate it. I realize it's been nine and a half years. It's been, a, it's so been quite a while. It's been it's... quite a while. And we're still here. I know. We're still here. Great. Jason, I'm going to put you on the spot since Joe either has a flat tire somewhere or, or is stuck at a, <laughs> a Royal arts degree himself. Um, tarot card of the week. All right. I've got the, uh, <gasps> the Kabbalistic tarot within reach. It's the one that one. I keep on my desk. Um, I actually have like a, a really cool little contemplative space set up that I, uh, that I keep my main tarot deck at, but it's just, is just out of reach. There's no so, contemplation in masonry. I didn't say it was for masonry. It's, it's like no skulls in masonry. I know, right? No skulls in masonry except when they are. Cool. All right. And tonight we have the. Wait for it. Page of Wands. Ooh, page of Wands. Interestingly enough, um, just pulled the Page of Swords like two days ago for my ah. my daily. So the Page of Wands. What uh, what is that emblematical of there, John? All right. So we've got uh, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of youthful energy. Pages are your, uh, you know, kind of like your fool for. The specific suit. So we have uh, wands being the one of uh, energy, spirituality, um, manifestation, so manifestation, fire. the fire, fire, absolutely, yep. passion. Mm -hmm. So you're you're thinking about things such as um, you know exploration, discovery, youthful enthusiasm, a free spirit, just ready to tackle the world. Like also, I think of wands as like project management. So this is a uh, like a new project you're you're kind of excited about a new project that's starting at work so 
That's how okay. I like to, to see cool. about the, the page of wands. But it's, it's generally good, right? Generally good news, but it's also, uh, you're a beginner, right? Or ha at least should have the beginner's mind, right? So you're not coming in yes. trying to like knock everything over like a knight would or, you know, or, or wise and, and uh, contemplative like a, a king would be. But you're up against a growth edge, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so you need to, you need to give yourself a bit of grace to learn and accept that you, know, you don't know everything and this is very new and it can be can be exciting but also can be a little daunting at the same time you know it's also new and daunting uh just recently being selected to be the executive director of a of a fraternal museum right is that right steve brother steven <laughs> pretty daunting um <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it dawned on me actually earlier today. It will almost be. It will be a year next week uh, wow. for me in this position, mm -hmm. which uh, really snuck up on me. <laughs> so, awesome! Awesome. So, yeah. So let's let's talk about that. Um, first, I, I want to know how you got selected to be in this position because I'm always fascinated about people's um, journeys into um, working with archives or libraries or, or museums in the fraternal space. Like how did you fall into this position? Well, um, I've been a history buff my entire life. Uh, my parents made the mistake of when I was a kid, uh, they wouldn't necessarily, I couldn't have every toy I wanted, but if I saw a book, I could have it. And so, uh, Nowadays, my parents are ruining that decision because there's a, about 30 boxes of books still in their basement huh. uh, that are all mine. Um, but I've always been a history buff. Uh, so I set out to get my, my collegiate degrees in history. After I got my master's degree, uh, I actually worked for a little while for the Tennessee State Parks as an interpretive ranger, which basically means I was in charge of programs and talking to the public, all of that type of stuff. Uh, and when that job kind of fell through, they basically the only position they had to fully offer me at the end of my time is it was a, a, a seasonal contract. Uh, they were going to ship me off to Memphis. And I, I was a little I, I, going from East Tennessee to Memphis was a bit of a shock for me. So uh, I went on into uh, working on my Ph.D. in history. Uh, which focuses on Freemasonry during the American Revolution, uh, specifically in the uh, uh, South. I'm looking at North Carolina specifically, but delving into South Carolina and Georgia and Virginia, looking at how did Masonry actually function uh, during that time. So what, what and, uh, and actually program is that under, yeah. if I can catch it? Like, uh, that was at uh, Mississippi State University okay. uh, under their uh, early American history program. Nice. Um, nice. And, and really, I'd say that's what led me into masonry in the first place was my love of history is I'm one of those historians that like, I want to do what they did. And cool. so, yeah, immersive history. Yeah, that led me that led me into masonry. Um, and so I was on my way to kind of becoming a professor. But uh, I think my favorite thing about museums and, and I've worked in other ones besides the Tennessee State Parks. I was uh, director of a museum actually up in Virginia for a while. Uh, is Which you actually one? get to talk to people. Uh, I was director of uh, the Crab Orchard Museum in Tazewell, Virginia. Oh, nice. Uh, so the, the far western end 
uh, literally two miles below the West Virginia line. Um, but I, I, Virginia I, I love museums because, yeah, <laughs> yep, just the, the little Virginia. Um, but I've always loved museums because you, you get to talk to all sorts of people. I mean, you never know who's going to come through the door. You get to talk to them about history. And so I decided as I was getting closer to finishing my PhD, starting to think about, okay, do I really want to be a professor or not? Uh, I decided, well, you know, I really would like to get back into museums because they're my first love. They're what I really love doing. Uh, looked up museum jobs southeast, uh, stumbled across the Newberry Museum uh, and applied for it. And lucky, luckily enough, they, they took me in. Um, it's a brand new museum, only started in 2019, uh, December of 2019 to be exact. So perfect timing. Yeah. That's a good time um, to open the doors for the public. Right. Yeah. And then, and then two, yeah. I think three months later is when everything yeah. shut down. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's the best time to be in at a museum because, uh, you are really getting to decide how is this museum going to move forward? You know, that's a good it? point, right? When you're yeah. starting something new like that, like there's never been a, a way you always done it. So it, every time exactly. you do something, this is the way we've always done it. That's what we used to say at the Patriot Lodge. Yeah. So. Yeah. No one's there to say that because yeah, there is no way they've always done it. Mm -hmm. And I've got a tremendously supportive board. Good. Um, who basically are like, you tell us what you want to do and we will help you do it, uh, which in museums, that's what you want. Uh, and of course have a great staff. Uh, so it, it has just been truly a blessing for me because I've been in nerd heaven now for a year. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I, like, again, I always wonder how people get into to these positions, especially fraternal ones. So, um, uh, it's a fascinating story of how, how you got there. So thank you for sharing that. Let's, uh, let's talk about the museum itself. So like you said, it, it the, the museum opened in 2019. Yeah, the, the museum opened in, in 2019. Uh, it is officially the museum of Newberry County, uh, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, so it covers the whole gamut of, of history here. Um, starting with, of course, the, the Native American tribes that were in this area, that's the Saluda and the Cherokees and the Catawbas, uh, going all the way through up to today. Uh, and I think it's, it's a very exciting museum because rather than just do the old chronological, like here's the Native Americans, here's the settlers, oh look, there's the Civil War. It's here is our, here's how people lived, here's our military history, Here's our Newberry Notables, which I think is my favorite exhibit because it's the famous and odd of Newberry County. And we had a surprising number of some odd folks. Um, and then each, every year we do two special exhibits, uh, which last for about six months apiece. And they just, we pick topics related to Newberry County history and we bring them in there. And so that, that is when the museum truly comes alive is when we're putting together those exhibits. Uh, and yep. And we did one, our, our last big one was on a wedding attire. And then we did one on uh, Newberry college, which is of course very big here. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
Yeah, I was looking at bits and pieces of everything. Yeah, I was looking at the websites with some of the again the past exhibits, the current exhibits, the permanent exhibits. Uh, that that's nice that you keep keep things fresh, right? So it's not one and done. You, you get people coming back for more, right? Yeah, and and one thing again, being in here at the at the beginning of the museum that has truly been great for us. Uh, I think the biggest enemy of a museum is becoming static. Uh, if you don't change your exhibits, people aren't going to come and visit you. Uh, people aren't going to come back. So we have a set plan where every two years we go through all of our permanent exhibits and we add stuff to them. We modify them. So uh, it's a great place to be. Uh, yeah. Got to keep it fresh. That's awesome. And the building itself is not new, correct? Yeah, the, the building itself just adds to the, the fun. Uh, it was originally built as the 1912 post office for Newberry County. Uh, so it's a, it's a beautiful building. I always tell all my friends, I've got a museum with columns. So, uh, what order of architecture? I am. Uh, they're, they're all, um, I believe they're, that would be Doric. I can't. I'm. I'm trying to remember my orders of architecture there, but the simple quiz one, here. Yeah. Uh, Doric is one of the Doric. Greek orders, so it's okay. It's yeah. not the silly Roman yeah. orders. Yeah. <laughs> but I believe it's Doric, if, if I'm remembering correctly. But and then it was the county library, and then it actually became the museum. And so, uh, and of course, actually, it's funny. A lot of people must. I've had a few Masons drive by mistaking it for the Masonic Lodge because we have those two uh, columns at the front with, or the two light poles that apparently mimic uh, the two pillars in the lodge. Or do uh, they? Yeah. Ours don't light up. Though. I've been wondering. I'm like, you know, who knows about the architect? Uh, <laughs> exactly. All the architects back then were probably Masons anyway, so we should ask a historian. Get to get a, a guy with a PhD of history and yeah. fact, figure out that, that little uh, his, yep. history mystery. Yeah, maybe they could hire him as executive director or something. Yeah, I'll track it down eventually. Uh, <laughs> you put that on your to-do list. <laughs> yes. Yeah. To the huge board I have in my office of everything I got to do, I'll add it to it. Uh. <laughs> right. So you're halfway there to having a lodge meeting. That's what uh, Suncard would <laughs> yeah. say. Uh, I, I, I will kind of spoil it. Um, we are going for this special exhibit. There will be a degree in the museum. Um, I'm working with uh, Amity Lodge number 87 here in Newberry. Uh, they want to do a second degree <laughs> in the exhibit, which I just think is going to be awesome. And uh, <clears throat> that's going to be fun. So. <laughs> I'm really picturing some bad circumambulation. Like, don't knock that over. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Watch out for the glass. <laughs> I, I am, I am both excited and a little scared uh, because of how much fragile stuff there is. Um, but I, I know the guys at Amity, and I'm, you know, I trust them. So, <laughs> I mean, Jason almost burned down his lodge when he was a deacon once that so. was my last that was my last stated as a senior deacon yeah good job and they still promoted you well they probably promoted him intentionally so yeah. they would burn more things down stop stop carrying a stick around hi guys sorry i'm late hey brother <laughs> yep. 
Good to meet you. <laughs> I apologize for my tardiness, but there's only so much masonry you can smash into one day. You know, apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently not. Right? Because I'm late. So yeah. Right <laughs> Always good to have you here. Very very cool. All right. So um, so what kind of things do we have in this this uh, museum? Because you. you We've talked about some of the things about the histories of the weddings and stuff that were there, but this also has some fraternal history in it as well. That's correct. Oh yes. Um, so within our our permanent exhibits, uh, there's there's quite a bit. Um, particularly if if you are uh, familiar with Newberry County, um, we have. I mean, most of our history is coming from a guy. His name was Thomas Harrington Pope. Uh, he was actually a grandmaster of South Carolina and literally wrote the book on Newberry County. Uh, and so most of our history in our exhibits, you know, there's a, there's an old joke I've heard that, you know, uh, a Newberry Catholic believes that Pope is infallible. And so we go to Thomas Pope to put together a lot of our exhibits. Um, within the college, like we have a full exhibit on Newberry College we have a ton of stuff on a lot of the presidents and many of them were, were brothers. Um, I think the neatest thing we have in our permanent exhibits related to the craft is uh, the, the first lodge that met in Newberry County, uh, which was simply called Newberry Courthouse Lodge, uh, which was uh, chartered in 1811, met in the original courthouse here. Uh, that courthouse burned down uh, during one of the many fires uh, that had that basically leveled Newberry over its history. Um, and they saved the plaque that was put into the cornerstone uh, that was laid by the local lodge. And we have that, we have a replica of that plaque. Amity Lodge still has the original. Okay. Um, and so we have a very nice replica of it. Brass uh, plaque, hand engraved with all the officers from the Grand Lodge at the time. Um, and so it's scattered throughout all of our exhibits. There's little, if, if you know what you're looking for, there's little right. bits of the craft just scattered everywhere. Um, and in all of our exhibits to the municipalities in the county, uh, we've got bits and pieces from the lodges, uh, which is just really neat to me uh, to have them scattered. Just kind of, they're there in plain sight, but you kind of got to know what you're looking for. Uh, and then, of course, our current temporary exhibit, which is uh, kind of the big thing going on right now. Which is? Yeah. So uh, th that exhibit is, is entitled Meeting on the Level, uh, Newberry County Masonry. Um, like I said earlier, we schedule temporary exhibits all throughout the year. Um, and... We had a blank spot uh, almost right as I got here. It was like, well, what are we going to do after the college exhibit? And I had just visited probably a few nights before we had the meeting, uh, the lodge here in Newberry. I was looking at some of the stuff they had. And I was just like, I bet we could do an exhibit on all the lodges. And I've dreamed of doing it ever since I got into museums. Nice. I wanted to do an exhibit on masonry. And, uh, of course, just most of the museums I worked in prior to this were either very specialized uh, mm -hmm. or uh, at, at one museum, I would dare say that I kind of got some almost anti-Masonic responses when I brought it up at a really? meeting. Kind of like, 
well, I'm not going to push this too far. And I'm also not going to reveal to uh, these folks that I just happen to be a Mason myself. Um, and I mentioned it to this board and they all went, you know, my grandfather was a Mason or my father was a Mason. Wow. One day, like my husband's a Mason. Mm-hmm. And so they jumped at it. And nice. so, uh, I went and started go. I, it, I think the, the craziest part of this was traveling all over this County, just getting all of the lodges involved, uh, and gathering all the artifacts, all the stories and, uh, and then putting that together in a way that a non-base could understand. Uh, and so the, the exhibit itself is actually in the form roughly of, of a lodge. Um, we've got an altar in the center, got all the officers scattered around. Uh, and then we, I, what I've, what we've tried to do is tell the story of masonry, not just in Newberry County, but internationally. And so the, the goal is that by the time you finish with the exhibit, you will, uh, understand what masonry is. So quite an undertaking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you showed up. <laughs> hey, Don, the official Masonic photo bomber. This is yeah. He is our <laughs> our, our most uh most illustrious cameo appearance person. <laughs> Where are you getting here? Well, you know, you got you got to come back. There we go, <laughs> brother Don. Don's here. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Good I'm, seeing you. I'm glad I gave you pleasure. <laughs> wow. Not often enough, Don. Yeah. <laughs> the plight of every married man. Yes, yes. Yes. So I got a question there, Brother Steven. So number one, and if you covered this while I was not here, I apologize, but how far out do you guys post your special exhibits? Like do you just do it like a week before and a lot of people don't have time, or do you post it months in advance and people can plan around it? Or like what's the what's the schedule there? Well, usually we will start advertising or letting people know that this exhibit is coming several months in advance. Uh, we actually have all of our special exhibits planned out to uh, 2026. Perfect. So uh, we th- th- this exhibit, and I was so excited we could do it. I was thinking, man, I'm going to have to wait till 2027 to do this. Uh, but we had one exhibit kind of, I-, I wouldn't say fall through, but we just decided and we could have more fun with something else. And that's where masonry popped in. Uh, but we're usually a few months in advance is when we'll start announcing, Hey, this is the next one coming. Uh, so, but we, uh, we, and actually I would dare say we're starting to plan them out to 2028. So that's, fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then my second question is I am not a local, right? I mean, I'm in Northern Virginia. So, um, if you were to pitch this to someone from not that's not local to Newberry, what's the draw? Like, what's what's your what's your elevator pitch to say, mm. hey, come Good. here, don't go here. Like, what's what's yeah. the draw? It's a lot you. of museums. Yeah, I would say my my two. I'd say one for the museum and one for the exhibit. Uh, so for the museum, it is simply that Newberry, South Carolina, and Newberry County is a very unique part. Of, of the South in general. Um, we are a county that was majority settled by Germans. Uh, this is a county where most of your last names are unpronounceable to most other Southerners. Uh, Bieben Balls and 
uh, oh, what's another good one? Bonites. You know, th this is a county of, of a lot of German influence. Uh, actually, I was told by a guy that up until about 20 years ago, every house had a sauerkraut barrel um, because this was little yeah. Germany. You, you never know and when you're going to need sauerkraut. So you, you never know. Yeah, um, and uh, so it's a, so his, a beer garden could just come out of nowhere. And we're, I have heard on the Newberry grapevine, we're getting one. So that's coming too. Um, and so it's a very unique area in the sense of how it was settled. Uh, it's also kind of the crossroads for a lot of, particularly right now, one thing we're working on is Revolutionary War history. You know, while Newberry did not have the giant battles, everybody came through here. Uh, Bannister Talton on his way to the Battle of, of the Cowpens, arguably one of the big turning points of the revolution, came right through Newberry. Actually, uh, I'm sitting in my apartment right now. He camped about 200 yards from this apartment um, on his way to, to the Cowpens. We had a lot of uh, what are called the battles for the backcountry uh, here between Patriot and Loyalist militias. Uh, also, the museum has a, a surprising amount of artifacts that don't usually survive. We actually have the uh, local company flag uh, for the uh, first South Carolina, the company that fought during the Civil War from here. Their flag survived. Wow. And that's not, a, not common, being a historian. Uh, we've got original uniforms going from uh, the Civil War on up to uh, Vietnam, which again is big. We've got two cannons, which always makes me excited. Um, I always tell people I got cannons come to my museum. Um, and so I think for people not from Newberry, it's, it's surprising just how much happened in this little county in South Carolina and the different people who passed through here, the battles that were fought here. Um, Again, you know, we're a county with two, in masonry, two grandmasters, which for South Carolina is pretty exciting. Um, and then with the exhibit itself, I think the, the, the big thing with this exhibit is just in terms of non, what I would call non-Masonic related museums, of uh, we're trying to tell masonry story to non-masonry. Uh, which is the way we, we really worked hard to set up this exhibit. You know, my, my plan for this exhibit was I wanted it to be so if someone came in not knowing anything about Masons, they could at least leave with an understanding of, of who we are, uh, what we do, uh, all of that type of stuff. And for the lodges here, you know, we've got stuff dating back to the 1750s in this exhibit uh, for, for uh, Masonry. And uh, so really, I think, you know, the way I and and then I'll, I'll end my answer to that with a quote that I've heard time and time again in Newberry, which is that Newberry is the center of the universe, um, <laughs> which a lot of towns say. But uh, we get people here who you're just like, how in the world did you decide to settle in Newberry? <laughs> yeah. I had a visitor uh, two days ago in my museum a family from Hamburg, Germany. And I was like, you know, what brings you to Newberry? Oh, we bought a house over on Harrington Street. And I'm like, 
why? Why <laughs> from Hamburg, Germany to, to Newberry, South Carolina? And for them, it was all, we knew that this area was settled by Germans. Oh, and gotcha. That was their reasoning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, you know, personally, I'll say this. I, I did not know that I had any connection whatsoever to Newberry County. And I applied for this job, was up here for my interview. I'm walking through the museum. And I get to the military exhibit, and there's a guy named Levi Folk, who was a, a Mason, as, as well as my second great uncle. And I had no clue he was even from this <laughs> part of South Carolina. And I grew up on stories about this guy. So I call my mother uh, right before my interview, and I'm like, Mom, great uncle Levi's in the museum. It very matter goes, well, he was from Palmaria, which is a town on the other end of the county. And I'm just like, you, you could have told me that before I came for this interview. Um, and well, then, of course then he's where in the I museum. In, yeah, of course he's there. Uh, and then when I lived in Mississippi, and this is just what makes it creepy. Uh, when I lived in Mississippi, I lived in a little community called Beth Eden. Uh, and it turns out that Beth Eden, Mississippi was entirely settled by people from Beth Eden in Newberry County. And I'm just sitting there going, and I had no clue until I got here. So that's that's the, uh, I guess, what do you want to call it? Superstitious draw to Newberry County is see how you're related. Because uh, <laughs> everybody in some way, shape, or form is related to yeah. Newberry County. All right. So let me make sure I understood your answer. So we've got oodles of sauerkraut. Yeah. Draw number yeah. one. A good German background. So there's beer and schnitzel no and broth mm -hmm. there. All these amazing things. Uh, you said it's a crossroads of the universe. I will. I will look into that. I'll pull up a chart or two and see if that's actually factual. I want to see this like Kevin Bacon game, uh, like Newberry County. That's what I'm really uh, curious about. <laughs> there, there's your next exhibit right there. Yeah, just do I'll one make, of yourself. I'll make a note. Just do yeah. one of yourself, and then do like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon back to yeah. <laughs> That'll work. I'm pretty sure the board will go for that. Yes, yes. T so. Tell them we approve. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to I say this is like, it's awesome that you're doing this, Stephen, because you have a unique opportunity to shed a public light on an aspect of Freemasonry and a narrative on Freemasonry um, that can potentially reach a lot of people and do a lot of good, which is it's awesome. I kind of, I kind of see it like, you know, that's, that's what we do here on TMR. We, we, you know, have our, you know, our goal of, of getting, you know, the correct information out about Freemasonry and you're able to do that almost with like an entirely different demographic, which I think is, is that's, really why we, that's why we keep him locked in the lodge and then occasionally <laughs> Just, break him out. And he's the official out. TMR walk on guest at yes. this point. Yeah. Throw on a red jacket, <laughs> crash a party. That's right. And, and I really think that's that, that, that brings up something that I am really trying to do with this exhibit is I think as a historian of masonry, you know, with my dissertation, looking into it, having studied it for my, I would argue since I was about 10 years old, you know, my goal has always been separating the myth from the reality and really trying to figure out what is the reality of masonry 
And how can I best explain that uh, to not only fellow Masons, but the general public? And so that's really something I tried to do with this exhibit was show what masonry truly is, you know, stripping away all of the, the, the conspiracy theory, the myth that, that both crops up outside and inside. Yeah, I was going to say, does, does that ever come and, up in conversation about uh, the Illuminati or hiring congressmen um, or anything like that? Well, I would say with this exhibit, I've had two very interesting conversations. Uh, one with what I would call an anti-Masonic person, one with a fellow Mason. Um, the the fellow Mason... Was he also anti-Masonic? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Uh, a little misguided, I, I'm give, I am just um, giving you a hard time, Stephen. Please continue. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, it's fine. Um, with, with the guy who was clearly anti-Masonic, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think there's no way you're going to disprove to some of these people what they think masonry is you know he he thought we control congress we control the government uh we're responsible for all of the political events within the past 10 years and i'm of course just sitting there going why did i still have to pay for college if this is true um <laughs> you know I, I you weren't a high enough degree yet he I, is i had a person ask me one time do the Masons really control everything? And I said, I know an awful lot of Masons, and the thing they're worried about most controlling is their bladder. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the best quote I ever heard was, how can Masons control things when we can't agree on what to eat after a lodge meeting? <laughs> um, there you go. That should be, it, a, it's, should be a bumper sticker right next to, to be one, ask one. We, yeah, can't, make up our we can't agree on on ham or turkey after a meeting. It's just, uh, but, but, you know, this guy, and I think I, I, you kind of just have to accept that he's going to go out of this. He came in there thinking something and nothing was going to disprove what he was going to say. The, the interaction with a fellow Mason was perhaps more interesting because uh, one of the panels I have in the exhibit is explaining where masonry came from. Good. I think I deserve a medal for being able to put it in that short an amount of space. Um, Good. Because trying to explain the origins of masonry in two paragraphs, I deserve a medal. Um, but I, I specifically said that, you know, despite claims on, for example, the History Channel, uh, that masons stem from the Knights Templar, that from a historical point of view, from the documentation that we have, Freemasonry came from the Stonemasons Guilds. Yes! Witter. It, it was, you know, from, and, I, and I, I was presenting this as, I'm not saying there couldn't have been a connection, but right. I don't have the papers to prove that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I delved a lot into the Stonemasons Guilds. I was like, we can see Spoken this like transition. Yeah. <laughs> We can see this transition by the 16 and 1700s where the stonemasons guilds become Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did not like that. I was saying that we didn't come out of the Knights Templar and. Um, it's a cute story. You know, just 
you know, it, and, I, and, I, and that's exactly what I told him. I said, it is a very nice story, but I don't have the proof. And I need, you know, I got to cite my sources at the end of this exhibit. And, Bingo. Uh, and that was, that was the most interesting discussion. And I think both of us left the discussion with, and I, and I think in the museum world, this is what you want. We both left with more questions than we did answers. Uh, and so the journey will continue for both of us. Um, <laughs> but yes, even it's, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm a recovering historian um, <laughs> as well. So I I got a degree in Russian history. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I <laughs> Don just said what I, the hell for? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not like yeah we we have any. Uh, you know, issues with Russia today. Nah, but, uh, zero. No, I, I do an hour long presentation that traces the evolution of the operative stonemasons guilds through th the advent of speculative masonry. Excellent so, presentation too. Like, if you, get, if you get a chance, to I love it. See, yeah, you haven't. Uh, you need to recycle that one. I haven't seen that one in a while. It's been a couple a years since I've yeah. given it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So actually, I got a if question you're for you. I need speakers for the exhibit. So, okay, come on down. Yeah, look at that. I have a question for you, Brother Stephen. This is always interesting. Um, again, to ask someone who's directing a museum. Uh, I'm, it's kind of a two-parter. First one is like, what is, do you think is the most interesting or eclectic or unique historical weird, weird thing that you have in the museum currently and or What's not on display? What's in? What's the coolest, weirdest thing that you have in the archives? Oh boy! Um, so, and again, I can kind of answer this both for the museum in general and in the the Masonic exhibit. Um, in the museum entirely, I think the the strangest thing we have, and it's more the story behind it than necessarily the the thing itself. We have a bit of uh, card of, of life jacket from the 1880s. And I'd say it's, well, where's something I can use for, I don't have something good to show the size of it, but it's it made about that big or so, a little small thing. It's from a man named John Fletcher Hobbs, who was from Newberry County. And he was known as the king of the cannibals because he went on a cruise in the 1880s, 1890s, got shipwrecked in the Pacific Ocean and washed up on an island uh, where there was a tribe whose chief had just died. They were, according to accounts, waiting for a sign uh, for who the new chief would be. Uh, and he comes walking out of the ocean and he became chief of that tribe for a period of about two years. Uh, until another ship passed by and picked him up. Uh, and I think that's probably the strangest story I've ever heard in, in a local museum. And the thing is, is, is it is documented. Now, they were not cannibals, uh, but it's 1880. If it's a tribe in the Pacific on an island, they're going to be called cannibals because it's 1880. Um, and then we have actually a replica coffin. as That is not on display. Uh, which is a replica of a steel child's coffin that was dug up in one of the local cemeteries when they were building some new stuff. Um, 
in the Masonic exhibit, I think the, the strangest thing we have is, of course, a goat. Um, we, we, we have the, the actual goat of Little Mountain Lodge, uh, and that is the thing that I have been asked about more times than I can count now. Still feeding it? Um, I think it's dead. Well, luckily, we don't have to. Uh, <laughs> it appears to be an immortal goat uh, on wheels, so I assume it had an accident at some point. Um, but it's that thing. I just, I get asked about it every day. Like, why is there a goat in here? And I've got the thing explaining it, but people want to hear the story told to them. And so I explained to them the whole, you know, where the phrase riding the goat came from. Uh, that one always gets a lot of laughs. <laughs> Hashtag hazing was cool in the 1700s. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bring back hazing. Wow. No. Oh, no. Don't oh. I mean, it's, no, not at all. I was riding the thought train there. Sorry. He was riding the thought goat. The thought goat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's super um, cool. Unless you do that. Yeah. That's a, we covered that in our shrine episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, two hundred. Yes, yeah. That's hazing right. was cool when I joined the shrine, but no longer. That's <laughs> 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 that's super cool. So, um, so what do you have coming up uh, for the the the, the fu near future to far future exhibits? Like, what are some of the the big big ideas that you have? Well, some of the big ones, um, and again, it's interesting how the you know masonry is going to fit into even these. Um, after our current exhibit on the Masonic Lodges in Newberry County, uh, it'll be the 150th anniversary of the local fire department. And so we'll be doing an exhibit on the fire department, which as far as I can tell, half of the first chiefs and the current chief of the fire department are all brothers. So the lodge has all of their medals uh, sitting there. So those nice. are of course going to I have, uh, I think, I'm hoping that I get to ride in their original uh, 1910 fire engine. Um, that's going to be the payment for me doing the exhibit. Um, after that, we've got one on the German settlers here in Newberry County. Uh, we're doing an exhibit on the textile mills, which where masonry also plays a role because uh, two of our lodges here in Newberry County were pretty much founded uh, for textile workers. Um, and particularly the one up in, in the northern end of the county, there's a town called Whitmire. And the lodge literally moved there for the textile industry. Um, and so, uh, and then in 2026 is going to be our big year. Uh, all year is going to be the American Revolution. Uh, that's going to be the 250th of, for the revolution. And we are going to be basically the way the exhibit is going to work is we're going to start at the beginning of the year in 1775, run it all the way through to 1783. And just, I think I haven't worked out the math yet, but every month and a half, we're going to shift it and advance a year to show you what was happening in that part of South Carolina. And at that time, Newberry was part of the 96 district, which essentially was everything from Columbia all the way up into the mountains. So, uh, that one's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm trying to convince the mayor to let me have a cannon and fire it on main street. Well, of course. Uh, yeah. 
Totally. We will write you a letter of recommendation for yes. obviously. Yes. Yes. Obviously. I, I will appreciate that. I will we'll appreciate have, that. We'll have Don call the mayor. Yes. <laughs> Don, Don knows work. the mayor. That'll work. Don knows everybody. <laughs> Don knows everybody. <laughs> so uh actually, um gonna go on a, on a weird tangent. I have a question for Don. So so ears up. Um there was one piece of information that jumped out uh, Brother Stevens' email signature as he was corresponding with us ahead of time. And I want to see if, well, I know the answer is yes, if Brother Don knows of the Masonic Order of the Beaver. I have heard of it, but I know nothing about it. Ah, what? Wow. We've, we've got, we've, yeah. that is weird. Good thing I'm sitting down here because. I think that's a first for, for Don not having, you know, like, you know, uh, an essay in the back of his head ready to go. Um, right. So, Brother Stephen, you're proud. They don't have in... that over in Ireland. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably you're, you're not. You're proud to add on your signature that you are a member of the Masonic Order of the Beaver. Tell us about the Masonic Order of the Beaver. Yeah. So, the, uh, the Masonic Order of the Beaver is a organization for, ma for Master Masons. Uh, who reenact any time period prior to the 1840s. Uh, I, I am a Revolutionary War reenactor. Uh, I'm a member of the Upper Broad Regiment of South Carolina Loyalists. So, you know, God save the king. Um, but uh, it, it is a, it's a very informal group. You know, we have a little ritual. Uh, and, you know, wherever two beavers are gathered together, we can have a pond which is our, our, our meeting group. And so, so very informal, uh, but it's a way for Masons who are reenactors at reenactments to get together and socialize as, as Masons. Question, Brother Stephen. So you said, yeah. you said up to 1840. So outside of the Revolutionary War, what other kinds of reenactors are there? So... Well, actually, really, name your time period, and there are reenactors for it. Um, I personally, my main area is the American Revolution. Uh, I'm getting into, actually, I'm putting together a Mexican-American War uh, kit to reenact that time period, and I also reenact the 1920 Cold Wars in West Virginia. Um, but there are reenactors for in the U.S. There, there is a Roman legion based in Tennessee. Um, who knew that they got that far? Um, no. There is. There are units for everything from ancient Rome. Actually, I, I know of one group that does ancient Greeks. No, I meant all uh, the sorry. way up to. Sorry, brother. Uh, you said the Masonic Order, the Beaver, is for people who reenact prior to 1840, right? So, oh, yes. So you don't have Civil War reenactors in the Order of the Beaver? No. Right. Okay. So no. that was my question. Yeah. Uh, so there yeah. were no beavers in the Civil War, Joe. Well, I, I wasn't there. Come I, on. Know. I need to go to the museum and learn this kind of stuff because I obviously don't know that. Pretty much for to be in the Order of the Beaver, uh, it is French and Indian War uh, up to uh, Mexican American War. Uh, and then they, they also add in like the fur traders and things like that to it. That's where it got its name was from the fur traders. Very nice. Um, very nice. Just to clarify for all the listeners, I was on the American side of the Mexican American war. 
Okay. <laughs> Duly noted. So I would qualify for membership as, as a beaver then because I portray George Mason, uh, one of our founding fathers, and Benjamin Franklin. That's right. You would be perfectly qualified. And, and that man of petition. Next <laughs> petition. Yep. And, and, and joining is pretty informal too. I literally uh, met, I met two master masons who were also beavers at a reenactment. And they were like, Hey, you want to join the order of the beaver? And I was like, what is it? And they explained to me, I was like, sure. That night I was initiated into the order of the beaver. Um, <laughs> uh, it sounds as complicated as and, making a turtle. Yes. It, it's, Maybe perhaps just a little bit more complicated. You get like a very nice uh, German silver beaver to wear. Um, a little pin that looks like a beaver. Don's um, on his way over. He's coming over. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Mathers. Uh, it was founded. The TV beaver. <laughs> at some of Yeah. The beaver. It been. It was, uh. Leave it yeah. to me. Oh, I, that took me a second. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, uh, let's hey, let's get to some pictures. I want to see some pictures. Jason, you want to drive? You go ahead. Oh, if I must. What have we got here, yeah. Brother Stephen? So this is the uh, entrance to the exhibit. Um, I think one of the most fun parts of putting this together was to try to get it to look like a lodge. Our, our main gallery is, is completely open. You know, it's just the whole center of the building. So we installed these curtains that you see in the background uh, to close it all off, to make it feel a little more That's nice. mysterious might be mm -hmm. the way to put it. But as, and there's the, the main stay of the, Dude, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Um, Got a little altar in the and, middle there, like you said. So, and and I think the coolest thing is all of the artifacts in here uh, are personal. They're they're from the lodges, but every single one of them has a story related to a specific person. Uh, which you do really not have to be. It. You do not have to be a mason to visit. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, do not have to be a mason. Can be. Anybody in the public, and there is also no admission. But it helps. Perfectly free. Nice. But can people make donations? So people can definitely make donations, and we always appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So, and and these are our two panels. The the one on the left is the history of masonry that I deserve a medal for. Um, <laughs> you could fit it all in one slide. On the, yeah, I got it all on one panel, mm -hmm. and then. On the right are the all of the lodges that are under the Grand Lodge of Ancient Freemasons of South Carolina, um, which try wrangling five lodges together to get them to, to all move at the same time. That it worked, and they were very helpful. But that, that was interesting. I love the ballot um, box. Yeah, I I think that I, I I hesitate to say, oh, that's my favorite artifact because they all are. Uh, All my children are my favorite. Little, yeah, that's from uh, Little Mountain Lodge in the town of Little Mountain, which is on the kind of eastern section of the county. And when they started as a lodge, it seems like everything they had was homemade and jerry-rigged. And so <laughs> their ballot box, as you can see there, it's got a few black cubes in it and then white pieces of chalk. Uh, oh, interesting. Because they didn't apparently have the, the white spheres or marbles yet 
Well, and then they had some clay marbles added later. Um, that's that's so just, innovative. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is not allowed. And of course, our... our yes. <laughs> our what is masonry section, which these are kind of general artifacts from uh, lodges throughout the county. Uh, I've got examples over there. You can't really see the details, but I've got two petitions from the 1870s. Ooh, nice. which are 100% handwritten, beautiful handwriting, and then a modern-day petition. And then I've got a little uh, placard in there describing how the voting process works. Uh, Is that a can of green beans in there? Very... That better not be a can of green beans. <laughs> uh, oh, no, that's just a, a two um, – uh, that's a, a black ball and a black – or a white ball and a black cube on a piece of green felt. Uh, I, had, I had no other colors. I wanted blue, but uh, my – I was told deal with green. Um, Brother Stephen, my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that a lantern? uh, Magic lantern. Is that a magic lantern? That is a a magic lantern. Yeah, that is. Um, uh, Actually, that one I have to say is it's pretty funny. I I went back to my home lodge in North Carolina, told them, "Hey guys, I'm doing this exhibit," and they were like, "Well, we want to put something in it." So the magic lantern actually comes from uh, Biltmore 446 up in North Carolina. Uh, and are those slides next also, to it? Th- those are two slides uh, next to it. Oh. Uh, one of them is, uh, I believe, from the Master Mason's degree. The other is probably Scottish Rite. Uh, I'm Ooh, pretty nice. sure. Or it could actually be Oddfellows. I know that in the lodge I got those from, there was an Oddfellows Lodge meeting there at the same time. Gotcha. And I think, I think their stuff got mixed up. Mm. Um, and I decided to add a what masonry is not uh, just to kind of Good. help. Uh, actually, one of my staff who is not a mason, I, I agree with that comment, by the way. Um, <laughs> needs more pancakes. More pancakes. Um, but one of my staff who has no relation to masonry was really got really interested in it. And she added uh, this poster explaining nice. what masonry isn't. So, and of course, appendant bodies. Um, gotta have those. G- gotta have them. Uh, the two columns that you see there are, per- are perhaps another one of my, my pride pieces. Uh, they are also from Little Mountain Lodge. If you look close, uh, the two pillars are the pillars off of somebody's porch. And they have wired globes to the top. Well, I'll be darned. Uh, awesome. Those date to about 1912. Nice. Uh, and uh, our, our, our panel on Prince Hall, um, I have a little poster there for Henry McNeil Turner. He was probably one of the most important Prince Hall Masons in American history, uh, I would argue. Uh, and he was born right here in Newberry County. Nice. Um, I think, you know, to kind of go into, into one of the, the challenges of this exhibit, it was getting the Prince Hall Lodges involved. Um, South Carolina is one of the states where there is no uh, recognition between, uh, I always hate using the term mainstream because as a historian, I think Prince Hall's pretty mainstream. Um, but... <laughs> And, uh, but, you know, even though I'm, even though I'm a Mason out of North Carolina, where there is recognition, 
in South Carolina, there isn't. So I can't just waltz into my local Prince Hall Lodge and say, hey, guys, I got this exhibit going. And so I had to kind of navigate the limbo that there is, um, which unfortunately has meant that and and I have left it kind of open because I, I have been communicating with a few Prince Hall Masons in the community. And I hope that as this exhibit is going, yeah. I will add to this. Yeah, well, I'm but, glad you, you got know, some rep- representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, go. There go. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. I've, I have nicknamed him William to be more formal than Billy. Uh, <laughs> William the goat. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. And you would not believe how many kids uh, get oh. put on that thing by their parents. Dying to. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so tempting. Yeah. And adults. And Joe. Yeah. And Joe. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> you know, it, one thought on the uh, Prince Hall issue is that if they had a dinner before or after the lodge meeting uh, and would invite you to that, it's not a tiled meeting, uh, and allow you to do a program on the museum, I think they would probably have some interest in that. There you yeah. go. And they might even be willing and, to and I, give you some contributions to the museum. So. Yeah. And, and that is an avenue I'm now uh, the past master of Solid Rock Lodge, which is the Prince Hall Lodge in Little Mountain, uh, came to the exhibit. That's actually his cane oh, nice. in the exhibit. Um, he, he has kind of suggested this. Uh, of, but the, the difficulty I ran into was, you know, I started with their Grand Lodge and then tried to work my way down because through the the regular means of communication that we as Masons would use were not open yep. to me. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately I think the communications just got lost hmm. as that was going. Um, so hopefully this brother out of solid rock will really get me. And, and what's interesting is even the, the, you know, mainstream Masons, you know, they're kind of like, we want them in here. Um, because I think, I think South Carolina, it's definitely generational uh the 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 debate on recognition a lot of your younger guys are like look we work with these guys we we go to school with these guys Mm -hmm. we want to go to lodge with them too and because so yeah i mean uh, i'm sorry what i was going to say to don's point not to get off a tangent but nothing you're talking about is official correspondence so there's nothing from yeah exactly if i was a south carolina mason I could talk to any Prince Hall Mason I wanted to about a museum exhibit that has nothing right. to do with visiting live, but I'm getting, right. getting off, off a tangent here. Yeah. So what, what else do we have here, Steve? Yeah. Well, uh, this is our panel, which I'm very proud of the title, Close But No Templar, uh, um, <laughs> with uh, our, uh, all of the groups. Because one thing that was very interesting is when, when word got out that I was putting this exhibit together, um, we had so many people from who were either from other groups, uh, i.e. the Woodman, coming to the museum saying, hey, how can we be in on this exhibit? Or people who would bring in like Granddad's Oddfellows collar or Oddfellows apron and think, this is Masonic. And so we decided to add in the groups that were here in Newberry County that might be mistaken right. for being Masonic, but are not. Some of these groups still exist. Uh, I'm an odd fellow as well, and so I'm working on getting the 
uh, Oddfellows Lodge here in Newberry restarted. Uh, the Woodmen are still here and the Grange is still here. Wow. Um, that, that one is one of my, uh, it's another favorite. Um, that is the charter of the Newberry Knights of Honor. Uh, they were the first, what was called a fraternal benefit society. That is that you joined, you went through a ritual and then you got some insurance. Um, and they were the first one to really ever do that. Nice. Uh, they were founded in 1876. The Newberry Lodge of theirs was chartered in 1877. Uh, so very early. Very cool. Uh, the whole organization went defunct by the early 1900s. Uh, they Whoa. paid out all their benefits. Wow. Uh, bankrupt. But It's like life memberships. <laughs> all right. Tracing um, boards, love it. Tracing boards. Yep. Very cool. I will tell you that that those are the artifacts that nearly made me faint, um, because so often as a historian, when I find those, they've been any lodges watching this. Don't if they're really old, don't hang them on the wall, because particularly if they have uh, that bar that you well, see on the bottom, over time that just tears these things in half. And the, the one on the far left has begun to tear. Uh, but luckily, these guys have them rolled up and stuck in a file cabinet. But so often when I see these, they have just torn in half. Yeah. Uh, so that's why they're laid out on the table in this manner is to you know, maintain their, their preservation. Awesome. Um, and... Another one of the, the nifty things that we got, that is a uh, 1750s uh, German master's gavel. Ooh. Um, the, the, I am working on verifying a lot of the details of how it got to that particular lodge. It came back after World War II. Um, the, the brother who brought it back was a brother at the time. So I, I would love to know the details of how it got here. I think the thing that interests me is, and I cannot remember the exact name for it, but on the, the, uh, the handle, it looks suspiciously like what is used to read the Torah, uh, the, the little pointer, and I'm blanking on, on the name for that. But it's a beautiful gavel. It's made out of walnut and stag's horn. Um, nice. we know it is 17 at, at, at the latest it is 1750s. Wow. So, uh, well, those are great. So thank that, you for, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks thank for, for sharing it. That was awesome. That's... Yep. Yep. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, as you can tell, I, you get me talking history. I'll just keep going. Just wind up. Let it go. It's like Don jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a compliment that is certainly a compliment yes awesome well hey we'll we'll wrap things up here i want to thank you very very much brother steven for sharing your your journey your history the history of your county and, and really just how how this whole um newberry museum adds to the fraternal experience that we have uh here in the states so um again thank you for all the hard work you do for the fraternity jason if folks want to learn more about the Newberry Museum, what's the website? Uh, NewberryMuseum.com. Uh, easiest way to find us. We're, we're also on Facebook as The Newberry Museum. 
Um, Boom. Or it's thenewberrymuseum.com because we found the out Ohio there's another State. Newberry Museum. Yes. Yeah. There's another one like somewhere on the other side of the country. We don't like um, them. You want the Yeah. We, we, we pretend they're not there. Right. Um, but that's that and our Facebook are the best way to keep up with what we're doing. Um, we're open Tuesday to Saturdays, 10 to 4, no admission. Uh, always open for guided tours. Uh, this particular exhibit will be up until September. So you've got quite a bit of time to come and see it. So. Excellent. Super cool. All right. Well, thank you all very much. Uh, thank you, Brother Steven. Thanks, uh, Don, for crashing the show. Welcome here anytime. And uh, yeah, this is great. So that's all we got for tonight. I want to thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow. Wow. Pew, pew.